Our dear Heavenly Father, as we approach the throne of grace, and no merit of our own, only by the grace of God, I'm sure, Lord, with all of us that are standing here would love to say to you how much we love and appreciate this grace that has been extended. Father, daddies are standing here, mothers are standing here, sisters and brothers, various ages. We're here to gather, Lord, around this glorious body, word of the Son of Man himself. That you would feed us, that you would awaken us, that you will strive with us, that we might take the word of God that has been given. Lord, just don't make it words or a vernacular that we so readily say without meaning. We want to speak, thus saith the Lord. We don't want to speak our own thoughts. So thus, Lord, you've given us the word of God in this hour through the mouth of a prophet. And we feel so blessed to be identified with Malachi 4. And so, Lord, we're asking that you will meet the needs, as uh, Brother Tim's already mentioned, our dear Brother Milko, our dear sister Rena Witt. We remember our precious friend and brother, Brother Ron Spencer. Lord God, we all need a healing touch from the great master. It can come in a moment. You can revelate us in a moment, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. So, Father, as we take the word of God, may you come behind it, pregnate us with it, and may, Lord, it bring forth life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Nice to be found in the house of God. A little bit bright, Brother Michael, just a little bit bright up here. Not in lights, I mean in sound. So, you all look pretty bright. Amen. It's good to be gathered in the house of the Lord. I'd like to take a little thought on the thoughts of God again. I'd like to take some a subject on blessed thoughts, part two. And then for a subject, I'd like to preach on wonderful words of life. So these are blessed thoughts of God that need to be given to the bride of Jesus Christ at this time. And I can say it indeed, this is wonderful words of life. So without any uh, delay, I'd like you to turn to a number of scriptures, Psalms chapter 40. Psalms chapter 40. I'd like to read a verse 1, please. Psalms chapter 40, verse 1. Psalm of David. I, pay, I, wait, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up and also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it. And fear and shall trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than that can be numbered. So look at verse 17, before I have you have your seats. Sister Amelia, nice to see you here. God bless you. We've missed you. But I am poor and needy. Yet the Lord, I want you to look at this now. Yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. I want you to notice, yet the Lord thinketh upon, I want you to say me. Me. The Lord thinketh upon Me. So God's thoughts are what? Eternal. So if he's thinking of me, he's always thinking of me. Everybody get that? He's eternal. So God can't have another change of thought. So the Bible says, and yet the Lord thinketh upon me. May he add his blessing to the reading of his word. God bless you, Terry. Nice to see you. Have your seats, please. I was thinking of Terry and Shelly today, uh, the other day, Joanne and I were talking about the boys were leaving, was it fun night? And one of the boys were crying because he had so much fun. But it wasn't fun leaving fun night. And so he had a few little crocodile tears. <laughs> I thought, how so cute. We were trying to have a fun night for the kids to have fun. And he had fun, but because he had to leave fun, it wasn't fun. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. <laughs> Amen. The Lord's so good to us. The Lord is so good to us. I'd like to, again, we'll look at the, this thought, this idea of blessed thoughts of God. I'd like to take it and tie it with the message, of course, the token. And then uh, Revelation 5, Revelation chapter 10. Because Brother Bram said, after the seal should have come the message token. So I'd like to do a little bit of a bridge on that this morning, if the Lord would help me. And if we can get there. You were uh, too good to me the other uh, week. I was, you were pulling too hard. I couldn't get off page one. And I uh, couldn't actually get on page half one. So we'll just try and take a little slower. And I want to say to the brothers, I've been enjoying the ministry Brother John, Brother Tim, Brother Murphy, been outstanding services. And I don't know what the Lord is is wanting to do with us, but he sent his word to heal us. And so I I look at these services and I look at it because God has a, a special thought towards us. And we need to catch those thoughts. 
not just airy fairy and not just something that we just fill in some time. And that's, you're not doing that here this morning. We have a, um, a pandemic, as they say, they don't want to say pandemic, but they want to, they want to soften the blow to everybody. And, you know, I always think, you know, what does the world think when they wake up in the morning? And they read those kind of words. You know, uh, now we're, we're, you know, scared of travel and they're shutting the, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with the students. I know that they're shutting the Louvre in Paris and everything's happening and everybody's afraid of everything. You know, it's more serious than they're thinking because they built in China two hospitals in 10 days. You don't do that because it's a little bit of a, a sickness. So we see that these plagues and we see these things starting to come on the people coming on the land. But we have to realize within ourselves, saints of God, the word of God has come for our comfort, for our safety. And the righteous run into him and are safe. And so there is no fear. You know, years ago it used to be, I think in the log church, there was a a slogan and the teenagers had no fear, right? And they had no fear of this and no fear of that. That was like somebody whistling through a graveyard, you know, nonsense. But we know then that perfect love casts out all fear. So God has come down in his perfection of his word to take away the fear from the people. It's not that we'll be silly or stupid or put ourselves prone to it. We do what we do and God will do what he does. And and we stand on the promises of God. We do not get caught up in the effects or the fear in which the media would love to put on the people. And you have to remember that God, uh, Satan is the God of this evil age. And he manipulates the news. He manipulates everything to manipulate your mind. Because he's got thoughts towards you also. But I want to take God's thoughts and how, what he thinks. And I'll take that over what the enemy wants to put into your heart. So now we're, the great battle is on. Taking God's thought versus the enemy's thoughts. The Bible said in Psalms, you don't need to turn. We have a number of scriptures that I, I want you to follow along. Uh, Psalms 139.14. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eye did see my substance Yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are the thoughts unto me. How precious are thy thoughts unto me. O God, how great is the sum of them. How great is the sum of your thoughts towards me. Not of evil, but of peace. So these thoughts are precious thoughts. These are wonderful thoughts. The Bible says here also in Psalms 94, 14, For the Lord will not cast off his people. Nor will he forsake his inheritance. These are God's thoughts. 
Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go. And I hear in the back row. Amen. So in Deuteronomy 31 and 18 or 8 says this. And the Lord, he is the one that goes before you. This is a personal book, isn't it? It's written to us. So the Lord, he is the one that goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. Nor forsake you. Do not be, do not fear, nor be dismayed. And the church at Cloverdale Bible Way said, Amen. Amen. End of subject. That's the word. You've been given the word. But now do you believe what you heard? I want you to say, Amen, Brother Tom. Amen. Finding those scriptures are not in vain. Praying has not been in vain. <laughs> because this is the word. For I am persuaded. I am persuaded. That neither death nor life. Nor angels nor principalities. Nor power nor things present. Nor things to come. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. (laughs) Various thoughts, and yet we've read over them quickly, and we could delve into each one of them and make a subject of them. Jesus goes on to say in John 10 and 10, The thief cometh not but to steal, steal. He came to kill and he comes to destroy. Is that right? We know that part. But here's the blessed part. I am come that you may have life and they might have it more abundantly. Glory. John 10, 10. Words. Wonderful words. Taken in the, in the context, the way God gives it to us, it indeed brings forth life. Brings forth a peace. Brings forth a comfort. A lot of people pay, take a lot of stock and a lot of things in life that cannot give what the Word of God itself can give you. A lot of young men, they seek a lot of things for in the future and they always look at maybe their schooling or that's going to bring me the peace of God that I need. Or that will bring me to an expected end that I will enjoy. It will bring you to an end, but I don't know how much you're going to enjoy it or have peace about it. But I know what God's thoughts are towards you. How many words are in the English language? Anybody here, you know, last time you read your encyclopedia or something? I used to do that for fun. That was, that was my enjoyment of reading it. And I was just reading the encyclopedia. The pictures had more value than the words. But I still nevertheless wrote my, read my encyclopedias. They were colorful in those days. And now you can't find them on the shelf for nothing. 
But in the English language, there is 106,230 words. You didn't even know you use them. You don't. You use between 20 and 35,000 words. So we say, well, I, 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 this language falls so short. Well, you probably don't know the language. <laughs> ah, they say in French, it's such a romantic language. That's what they say. And yet the French have 130,000 words and only use the same amount. So, oh, well, let's get the Spanish and throw them under the bus also. <laughs> they have a little bit more. They have 150,000 words. These are all words that men have come up with and concocted for communication. They said communication's everything, but they're only using 20%. Boy, that one got a big amen. Somebody's trying to. So with this number of words, whether it be Spanish, French, English, English seems to be the most limited. And Chinese, I also looked up what the Chinese is so they can't leave anybody out here. They say the words that are used in China is 106,000. Pretty close, pretty close. But you have a combined uh, figures or your drawings, you use 7,000. We have 20, how many 26 letters in our alphabet? (laughs) 7,000. I think they can communicate pretty good. But if we take the average of it, how many, how many words are really being used? So with the limited amount of words, I thought I'd find out how many books are written. So you have people have words, they want to communicate their thought, they want to put it down, and they're impressed if they sell a book. And a lot of people say, well, I'm an author of what? Of a book hidden in chapter somewhere that you can't find, that never sells, that they put on a, a discount table. You had a, you had a price value of it, and they can't give it away for two bucks. That's about all as much as it was worth. But there's one million, uh, 129,864,880 books. Yeah, that's a lot of books. But they won't give you what the Bible will give you. You can read them all and not get any farther in life. But once you receive the word of life, which is Jesus Christ, for in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, there's words of life in the word of God. So don't run out to indigo or 
chapters or whatever your favorite bookstore is, they won't give you any life. All that will will waste your time. I got three. Many books are written, but no book can give you life outside of the Word of God. So God has thoughts towards us. And at first, for it to be a word, it has to be a thought. Brother Branham teaches us that, and we see that's true. Because I can't say a word until I first think of that word, and then I speak it. The same as the Lord. God Almighty. Before we can speak the word, it had to first be a thought. And I know my thoughts towards you. So now in those thoughts are going to be words. And those words are going to be for you. And will be for your strength. It will be for your comfort. It will be there to meet your need. So we've had ages since the garden. We've had ages to go on. Hundreds of years have gone on. And men have had their wisdom and and you've had your Socrates, and you've had your Plato's, and you've had your Aristotle's, you've had your learned men through every uh, um, type and flavor of humanity had their wise men. And at the end of the day, they had nothing to say. The only words worth quoting... Are the words that come from the thoughts of God. And you'll find out many times. As Brother Branham said. Where there being religions around the world. He says. They take or they perverted that which is already given of God. So religions are just phonies or copies of. And really have done nothing for humanity. Because once you hybrid the word. Or add something to God's word. You kill the life of that word. I want to take you slowly down this road. Because there are many that want to spout off a lot of words. They want to be known or be said or be recognized. And through their criticisms or through whatever their motive is. All that breeds is confusion and death. God's word always brings peace and life. So you can see the contrast. You can see the contrast. Destruction and death. Versus peace and life. A wonderful part of the word. Is that you need to hear it. For faith cometh by hearing. And hearing the word of God. A lot of people hear the word or they think that they are being instructed or by their own opinion of it. And that's where it gets really dicey. Is that we feel, and especially in, in Laodicea, that we have the right 
to have an opinion of what God's thoughts are. And the minute you add something to it, you kill it. And that is what is so dangerous. And the prophet said even to the businessmen, he says, if you're a businessman, don't handle the word. The ministers have a hard enough time handling it. You're not called to it. So God has given us then in this last age, which we feel, I know I don't feel, I don't do it by emotion or feelings, I do it by faith. I believe a word of God has come to edify me and to build me up and to strengthen me. So then I need to know what then God's thought is of me. If he's got thoughts towards me and he's got an expectation to me, I must find out then what is he saying about me. Is everybody all right? We're still there? Okay. People today, because it's Laodicea, Laodicea, however you want to pronounce it, because it is of that, they're not apt to press themselves into the thought of God. Because it's Laodicea. They're apt to hear the foolishness and spend hundreds of hours on nonsense into whatever media you want. And I'm not here to preach again media. You already know my position of that. And yet people get even stimulated by other people's enthusiasm. When we need to be in or stimulated by the word and not by the person. So Jesus came into this world to seek and to save as Brother John, I believe, was speaking on Zacchaeus. So the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is what? Lost. So then to be lost, you had to have been His. Very simple deduction. I'm sure preached on over the years. So then you can't look for something that's... You say, I'm looking for my wallet. Well, it's not yours, Gary. It's mine. Gary would say, that's nice, Tom. I hope you find it. But I'm looking, I'm not looking for his wallet. I'm looking for my wallet. It's got my ID in it. So it had to be mine for me to look for it. So then we have to find out, was I in the thought of God? And then if I was in his thoughts, and I am now a manifested thought, Then I have to know the Son of Man has something to say to me. No, Tom doesn't have anything to say to you this morning. You're already half asleep. Some. Boy, that's great. Come to church and fellow just spends the last four days and nods off. That's great. 
That's how much importance is the word. Terrible. But it doesn't matter whether it be me, whether it be Brother Tim, but it doesn't matter who it is who ministers the word of God. It's not the vessel. It's the word. And it won't be Tom Ray's words that's going to get you to heaven. Or any of the brothers. We have to speak the word of God. You understand where, where we're coming from. I don't want the thoughts or words of men. I want the thoughts and words of God. But we couldn't catch that as I was ending it last week. We couldn't get that, Rebecca, unless God sent a prophet to catch God's thoughts to give us his word. You can't bypass God's thoughts because he's bound by the word himself for he is the word. So God, Ben, had to have a prophet, had to have a messenger, had to be prepared by God to make him a vessel to expound, thus saith the Lord. So then once that prophet is manifested, that thought, because he would point and we would say, Brother Branham. He's, he's a manifestation of Malachi 4. How many believe that, by the way? I just, just help me out. How many believe that? Now, did Brother Branham have a button saying, I'm Malachi 4? Did he have that banner over him saying, I'm Malachi 4? No. What did he do? He lived a life. And because of that life, You could go back to the word and say his life matches the word. Then if Brother Branham is under that scrutiny. If Brother Branham is under that scrutiny. That you had to see his life. To point back to the word of who he is. How about the bride? You say, I'm the word made flesh today. This is what the scripture says. We sing it. But our our life reflects what we believe. So thus, he spoke it, he lived it, and we saw it by revelation. Not by what a man said to me or tried to promote to me. It's something that God revealed to me. And that works for yourselves that are sitting in the pew. So then God has thoughts towards us. And that makes us then very special. Because if he's got thoughts towards you, it's always towards you. (laughs) In the good times, his thoughts are towards you. In the bad times, his thoughts are towards you. (laughs) Amen. So now, God is opening his word and has opened his word. We've had the ages. We've had Paul or Anus. We had all the messages to every church age. But in this last age, God had a messenger, a prophet, an angel unto the church of the Laodicean, write these things. And so now God had a, a vessel 
to catch the thought of God. And now let's find out what he said about you. I've set you up. Uh Uh-huh, I've set you up. Because these are his thoughts. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, as we read last week. But I've given you an expected end. All right. So now here's God's thought, young men. Here's God's thought, young ladies, parents. See, now he says in the token message, see, now it wasn't a bleating lamb or a a lamb of the field where the life could come on the believer. He said that was a, that was a type, that was a shadow. When they were going on an exodus and a lamb had to be slain and a blood had to be a covering. He said, that covering was just a covering. That was the word for its season. But now in this exodus hour, he says, it's not a bleating lamb. He says now, he says, because an animal life can't come on a believer. So now in this day, he said... Instead of a human being now, not just a human being, Jesus was not the Lamb of God that was just a human being. This is what the Word says you are. You are, or I'm sorry, He was a super, super, super human being. That's what Jesus was. He was a, and that's what's making now a human being, not only a human being, but he is now making sons and daughters of God. So now the thought is, God himself had to come to redeem fallen man, fulfilling what his thoughts were in the beginning. And those thoughts were, man needed redemption because he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So that was a thought of God that had to come forward. It was thus manifested at Calvary. And a life now could come back on a believer. A believer. A believer. A son and daughter of God that's a believer. So now, this is what, he was a super, super, super human being. God in flesh. Now, he's making sons and daughters of God that are super, 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 super. Well, I'm looking around the room and I don't think you woke up, Phil, this morning feeling super. You might have. But that's only one super. So a super, super, super life produces super, 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 super. Sons and daughters of God. Either that's true or throw the message out. That That is either true or it's not. So now that super life is making sons and daughters of God that are super, 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 super. Which comes on you. Which changes you from a sinner, from the things of the world, 
We're not just talking about salvation. We're talking about super, 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 super life. Ah, but don't get this down to your feelings of what you think you are. You take what God's thoughts. Because if you go on feelings, you'll go out of here and maybe not come back after this service. But if you go on the thoughts of God, which are eternal, that cannot change. He is telling you that that super life that's in him is creating in you a super, super, super life. And that is the life that is conquering Satan in this age. Do you think you are conquering the devil? Really? You think your church could conquer the devil? No, sir. But a life that is in his people, which is token life, Holy Ghost life, victorious life, that's what's in his people. So you don't go by feelings, Michael. You go by faith. This is what a prophet is now speaking the thought of God regarding you. Hmm. But I just thought I'd just come to Bible Way and pay my tithes. And I give an offering once in a while, whether I like it or not. Well, that is your reasonable service. And if you don't do it, shame on you. In fact, I want to make this statement to the young people. I'm very proud of you. Because the offering that you gave Brother Andrew superseded any camp that we've had given to a minister. So you're either your mom and dad are teaching you right, which is great, or you've got a revelation of tithes and offerings. So now God's thoughts are of peace, and we will like I like to get there, and not of evil. So now this makes you a born again Christian. This makes you one filled with the Spirit of God, which is the life of God in you. So now tell me, how can a son of God that's got super, 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 super life be miserable? I'll look over here. Frank always gives me an encouraging smile. So tell me, how does then the life of God cause a cloud to come over you? The life of God or the anointing of God, Brother Bram said, takes control of every situation. Hmm. Hmm. So now these are his thoughts towards us. And thus we listen to it weekly, daily, right? I almost feel like the Pope. This is our daily diet. Yes, sir. 
It's a, a born-again Christian life filled with the Spirit. Life of God throwing, uh, flowing through you. Are you ready? Are you ready for this one? This is your prophet speaking the thought of God regarding you. He says, now that you are a Christian filled with the Holy Ghost. Moving, speaking life of God. You are like sparks off an anvil as you walk full of virtue, love, and gentleness. (laughs) Amen, Marco. When you walk in the office tomorrow, sparks of anvil. Glory. Oh, but I just believe the way I want. Really? Really? If you wanted an example of how a real message Christian lives, just put a message tape on in the morning. You'll say, well, Brother Tom, he's not living it. Tim and John, they're way far out of it, according to you. Not according to the word. But our example has been lived out and been manifested. So how am I to act? I, I remember when Brother Ed first took me down to, to the, the basement with the tapes. He said, Brother Tom, do you want God? I said, yeah, I want God, Brother Ed. He said, then eat the tapes. And I'd lay in bed at night and I'd listen to that. And Brother Bram said, that pillar of fire is not five feet from me. I said, Lord, you're the same God. You're Hebrews 13, 8. The same pillar of fire that is there. Can it be in my room? Amen. I wanted that fire in my room. I wanted that fire in my life. And it has not changed. Sparks off an amble. Yes, sir. He says, we're living. In the shadows of his appearing. The wrath is ready to be poured out upon humanity. And you are seeing it. Are you ready? Is the blood on the door? Is the Holy Ghost in the people? Hallelujah. The evening shadows are appearing. The wrath is ready to be poured out from on high ungodly nations. Ungodly unbelievers, professors without a possession upon these things. I've tried to unfold myself and live right among it to see where it was standing before I said these things. Now we're living in the shadows. The wrath is ready to strike and God's requiring a token. Now here's his thought. That needed to follow the seals. God is requiring a token. Which Brother Bram said in the token message. It's the Holy Ghost and you being one. Mm -hmm. It's the Holy Ghost and you being one. He said God requires a token. That you yourself must receive his token. Which is the Holy Ghost. It's the only way and the only sign that God will pass. Because it's the literal. Are you listening? 
It's the literal life of Jesus Christ returned back into the believer. The literal life of Jesus returned back into a believer. How did Jesus act? How did Jesus talk? How did Jesus treat the disciples? How did he treat the sinner? Ah, the literal life of Jesus Christ back into the believer. Ah. But Abraham said the token could never come until the evening time. It couldn't come into existence until this evening time. So we've gone from justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, the reigning or the restoration of the gifts to the person of Christ himself in the believer. Now we're living in the shadows, ready to strike. God's requiring a token that you yourself must receive his token, the Holy Ghost. That's the only way and the only sign because it's the literal life of Jesus Christ returned back into the believer. Brother Bram said the token is the token. It's you and Christ as persons together. Oh my, oh my, oh my. So it's not just a token message that we, well, we hear a message here and four other messages on the token over here, three other messages. No, sir. It's the person himself living in the believer. He says the token is the token. It's you and Christ together. It's the Holy Spirit. It's His life working in you. His own life through you. It's for the rich. It's for the poor. It's for whoever shall receive it. Who wants to receive the Holy Ghost? Not just the reign of the Spirit, but the person Himself living in you. Amen. That's why he said this morning, the message this morning was to me the highlight message. Because he was showing us, hey, this is not Oral Roberts. I'm sorry, friends. This isn't Jimmy Baker or this isn't one of these TV evangelists or I don't even know who the, that new fellow is, that young guy. I don't know what he is. Then you got the big guy and you got the skinny guy and, huh? I wonder what they do when they call a virus ban. 5,000 people church, 24,000 people church, 5,000. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. The message this morning was the highlight. That it's the person himself united with the believer. And they and the word have become one. Say amen. 
That's what this message is. It's not just have a nice little group here in Cloverdale. Have a nice little group in Edmonton. Have a nice little group in Europe. Have a nice little group over here in China. No, this is not for nice little groups. This is for believers. Hallelujah. I believe a message. And that message is Jesus Christ. Which is the person himself. The word. Living in the believer. Live him. Live like him. Act like him. Ah, but that's too strong. I like it a little bit softer. Well, I don't know. I think Brother Brown preached some pretty strong messages. You haven't been listening to the message then lately. Brother Brown lays it out pretty straight in 64 and 65. He said, I believe it's the highlight of my entire ministry. He said, that was the capping off time of it. He said, Jesus came to save those whose names were in the book of redemption. Before the foundation of the world, he only come to save those. So Jesus came in this generation to only save those whose names are written on the book. Those are the only ones that can be saved. Yes, sir, I believe the message that I ever brought was absolutely ordained of God outside, of course, of the regular commission, like the seven seals. That was directly the word of God. The seals were directly the word of God, where he said afterwards, that's thus saith the Lord. That was not Brother Branham's opinion. That was the thought of God spoken. Like those seven seals. That was directly the word of God. I'm talking about a message to preach. I believe that one was it. That was the one that needed to follow those seven seals. So if you go back and then to the breach, you will find and Brother Branham starts to, to introduce us to God's thoughts. That this book of redemption wasn't purchased for God. It was God purchasing it for you. So the open book wasn't for him to enjoy. The open book was for you to enjoy. He says, now that seven-fold book of seals of redemption that the Lamb took within himself was the only one who could do it. And he took it out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne to claim his redemptive, to claim his rights, to claim... Listen, are you listening? To claim for me and you what he redeemed us from. To see, bring us back to everything Adam lost in the Garden of Eden. 
He has redeemed us back to that. He claimed it for you and me. Now listen, he claimed it. It was his right to claim. Adam lost it in the garden. Satan got his, Brother Bram said, greasy hands on it. But he wasn't the owner of it. It went back to God. But God wanted to give it back to man. To restore them to what Adam and Eve lost. And so then the plan of redemption started to unfold. And we started then to see how the word was opening up. The thoughts of God were being manifested. Then God sent a message to the last age. And gave back to us. By the purchase and by claiming the book. All that Adam lost in the Garden of Eden. Hmm. He was redeemed us back to that. This is the breach. This is the breach. Tolkien was God and man become one. That should have followed the breach. Because that's what he claimed the book for. Now watch. He said the lamb with the book in his hand were ready to ask his grace and mercy upon us to open that seven seal book and let us look past the curtain of time just a little bit. Notice when he took the book, that title deed was sealed. Just get that in your mind now. And he broke the seals of the mystery to reveal them, to bring them for us to see and for all his redeemable or redeemed saints. This is why he took the book. He did his claiming when he took the book. And I thought, isn't that incredible? He says, he claimed it. He took it. So that's mine. Claimed it. He took it. And Brother Bram said, Revelation 10.1, because we know in Revelation 10.5, it was a closed book. But in Revelation 10.1, we find it was an open book. And we find that open book then was handed to Revelation 10.7. Is that right? That's basic elementaries of the message. We have that. But the point of this, the subject this morning is, Jesus had a right to claim the book. And if he claimed it, what about you and I? If he claimed what was rightfully his, can you claim what's rightfully yours? Oh my goodness. I'm, I, this is, this is where she's going, Sam. It's coming right down to your address. If he claimed what was his, can you claim what's yours? Irregardless. Of circumstance. Irregardless. Of what Satan plays with your gray matter. You believe God by his word. Amen. You claim your family by the word of God. You have the right to claim it. And that's why Brother Bram takes the message token. And I loved it. He says, listen, 
He says, claim it. So if he claimed it, you claim it. If he went through his process and you're going through your process, then if he claimed it, can you not claim it? I want everybody to say amen this morning. Say, well, we have some young adults, parents here today. All over the place. We have them in various ages and steps. And it is up to the parents to lay the token, to apply the token, which is to apply the life of God to their home for their protection, for their salvation, for their deliverance. Oh, you say, I I don't need that quite yet. Well, you'll find out five years changes a 10-year-old to a 15-year-old. And you'll find real quick. I wish I would have listened to what that preacher said that morning. Jesus claimed it. Let me claim it. If I was in him and he is in me, I have a right to claim every promise that's in the Bible. These are God's thoughts towards you. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil. Brother Branham said here in the message token, he said, he said, claim it? How do I claim it? He said, did it work on you? Did the token work on you? Did Jesus deliver you? Did Jesus fill you? If it worked on you, it will work on them. Hallelujah. Claim it. Claim it. He said, claim it? An excellent question mark. Claim it. How do I do that? Claim it. It worked on you. Then you and the word have become one. You and the word have become one. Amen. This is how I still have the token. Amen. See, like Rahab, did she apply the token? Like Rahab, did she apply the token? Like Rahab, she applied the token to her father, mother. She applied it to her brothers, sisters, and she got them all in. Hallelujah. Now listen, listen, let's get down, let's get down to reality. She's a prostitute. She's a streetwalker. She's in, in Munch Jericho. I don't know how they treated them in those days. But you know, mother and dad probably looked a little bit down on her. Brothers and sisters said, get your life together, girl. You're, you're way out of, you're way out of what we should be living. And all of a sudden, two spies come by her way. And they give her a token. She just didn't lightly take it. She bound herself to it. She bound herself to that token. And she claimed her family. Did she get them? Bible. Did she get them? She got them. Why? Because she bound that token to herself. Give me a token. Yep. Give me a token. I got daddies here that got three, four, I don't know how many lost children. 
Come on, daddies. Help me preach. Go get them, preacher. How about you go get them? You go get them. Oh, it's easy for me. What about them? Yeah, it takes work. Surprise, surprise. I want a parent to stand up and tell me, parenting is easy, it's no work. Would that wonderful person stand up to give us hope? Huh? There was never a book that instructed us. Because we all have a different gene pool. Whenever these psychologists come out, Dr. Spock and everything, they, it's, it's a generality. And I don't even want their generality. I don't want their thoughts. I want God's thought on it. You want to know how to raise your children? Get in the message. That'll tell you how to raise your children. Yes, sir. Claim it. Did it work for Rahab? It will work for you. You apply it. Then he says, you go after your son. He didn't say the pastor, minister, deacon. He said, why don't you apply it and go after your own son? Go after your daughter. Claim her. And you say, Satan, turn her loose. You say, Why? Because the word and you have become one. Mark, you say. You say, Brother Gilbert, you say. I claim them in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Satan, you take your hands. What did the prophet say? Off of God's. God's property. Not your property. It's God's property. Yes, sir. These are God's thoughts. Ah. Wanted to quickly get over this because I've preached on it before. It's scripture. Of course, I know everybody marks up. I mark up my Bible. Some are very diligent and don't, which I admire. But I have a mark-up Bible. I have a, a margin Bible, so I can mark it up. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God, pulling down of strongholds. Casting down, what? Imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself above the knowledge of God. Above the thoughts of God. Cast them down. You say the devil says it's impossible. They've ruined. It is not impossible. I have seen too much impossible become possible. Amen. I've seen the wayward come backward. Hallelujah. We've seen cancers healed. We've seen diabetes healed. We've seen too much to go along. And have the devil say, it's not the same. It is exactly the same. 
Hallelujah. Why? Brother Brown said, you are a display of God's attributes. Danny, you are a display of God's attributes. He thought of you. You're an attribute. And now you're a manifested attribute. Hallelujah. And he doesn't have another thought against that thought. God. Are you ready? But the Bram said, the mighty God unveiled before us. God is now veiled in his church in skin. Whose skin? My skin. God is now veiled in skin. That's his thoughts towards you. See, people try and get the message to some thought or some idea or they try to work it out and say it's this and it's got to go with this quote. And Saints, forget it. But the Ram said, you don't put, do it by putting scripture to some scripture and some quote to some quote. You do it by believing the word of God. That's how come you have your 15,000 denomination or how many? It could be 37,000 for all I know. But he said, you are a display of his attributes. You are. You have come from the eternal one. Here's God's thought now. You, Matt, have come from the eternal one. So let me ask you a question. We have Zeke and Zach. Now, if you were in God's thought before the foundation world, and God gave you your dear wife, sister, because you were sitting right beside you, and now you've got children, do you don't think that God doesn't know your children? Does he stop at just you? Come on, Brother Larry, you can, you, you can fellowship with me on this thought. You can fellowship with me. According to the word of God, I was eternal in his thoughts. I'm a manifested attribute of that thought. And my prophet said, me and God have become one. Hallelujah. Go past your carnal reasoning. Get saved. People get it all ideas and all twisted up and they're all doom and gloom. I get told by a prophet in Christ the mystery God revealed, I am his victory. I'm sorry, I cannot be his defeat. I can never be his defeat. Because he does not change his thought. So then if he calls you his victory and you don't have victory, something's wrong. We're too far down the road. You say, we could have a rapture today. We could be changed in a moment before we go out of these room. Well, where are you standing at? And I'm not looking at anybody. Where are you sitting at? Have you caught that God and man have become one again? The weapons of our warfare are not your puny thoughts. Or they're not my puny thoughts. 
My dad always says, I don't want your two cents worth. But dad, did you ever get told that? I think it got two bits or your mom. <laughs> mom. I think it got raised by inflation to, I don't want your two 25 cents worth. <laughs> His mom. <laughs> and really, we don't want your two bits worth. Inflation is probably about two bucks now. No, I want God's thought on this at, on this subject. The, the God's thought on the matter is this. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They're not flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful. It's the word. The word is power. The word is power. Not carnal, not flesh and blood. But the Greek says it means it's divinely powerful. For the destruction of Satan's fortresses. Hallelujah. The word of God is divinely powerful for the destruction of Satan's fortresses. Hallelujah. Destroy his kingdom. Take God at his word. Don't get your idea muddled up. Get your faith straightened out. Hallelujah. Because his word. The Bible goes on to say his word is destroying Satan's sophisticated arguments. The word said. You can turn this bread into stone. Satan, get behind me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. For the word of God, the word of God is powerful, sharper. Than any two-edged sword. Amen. It fights against carnal reasoning. We've got parents that got children that couldn't have children. Then I want to ask you, Sam, who gave you your children? Then if God gives you your children, I don't know why I'm on this, but you might as well stay there. If God gives you life, Then I'd start going after Satan. Amen. I'd go after him with everything I got. Because the word of God is more powerful. Not your carnal reasoning. Which logamos. Which in the French, loga, logamis. Logamai. However you want to say it in the Greek. Carnal reasoning is logimus or logimai. You know, and, and, they, and I love the definition of the reasoning. The definition of it, logimai, logimus, is it's hostile to faith. Amen. 
So reasoning of Satan is hostile to your faith. So that's why you have to cast your reasoning down. Cast your imagination down. And take God at his word. Why? Because now, Brother Bram said, God is now veiled in your flesh. Mm. God's veiled in your skin. That's right. You're hid, or he's hid, from the unbeliever. And reveals himself to believer. Yes, sir. Tradition of veil of the elders couldn't break through to see the word. They couldn't break through the veil to see the word. But blessed are your eyes. Because you've had a seed gene that's in you. They couldn't see God. But you see God. They couldn't see deity. But deity again is in human flesh. Hallelujah. Can I say that again? Because he says it three times here. Deity is veiled again in human flesh. Jesus said, when the Son of God is being revealed, the Son of Man is back in the church, revealed in human beings. Not Son of God, but Son of Man is back into the church again in this last day. Hallelujah. Abraham had trained men. True? 318. Gideon had his 300. Moses had Caleb and Joshua. William Branham has Tom Ray. Or can I say, put your name there. Can't I say that? I'll retract that if you don't want me to say that. Can we? I, I, I know, is it just doing a little bit of a rumble right to the wall over here, bouncing back over there? Really, Tom? Really? Yeah, really? The 318, they weren't trained. Huh? All they had was sickle, shovel, and whatever they had. But they beat four kings. And soldiers they were to boot. With their armor. But they believed Abraham's message. (laughs) Hallelujah. So then if Moses had his Caleb and Joshua and Abraham had his 318... And Gideon had his 300. How about you this morning? Where do you fall? In the ranks. That God is in flesh again. Amen. And we're going to put our feet on the neck of those kings. Amen. We'll put it on the neck of imagination. We'll put a neck on the neck of... What? Conscience. Affection. Reasoning. Imagination. 
Amen. I'll put my hands and claim his word. Put your foot on the neck of that devil that's tried to take away your land. Hallelujah. This is my property. This is what God gave me. I claim it like he claimed it. Hallelujah. He claimed the book, Darren. He took the book. It wasn't for him. It was for you. It's for you, Roxanne. This unveiling is for the elected lady. Not everybody sees this, but the elect see this. They'll have preachers preaching. They'll come to church and they will do their singing. They will come to altars believing they're getting saved, Brother Branham said. But I'm gone. We are gone. Hallelujah. Where did I put that? Peace of God, cover me. <laughs> cover me. Cover me. I got thoughts of peace. Peace of God. Oh, my. Cover me, Lord. Let the peace of God cover me. I've got thoughts of peace and not of evil. Has anybody take a look at the word peace lately? Peace of God. Cover me. And it was the God of peace. It was the God of peace that met Gideon at the time of his trial. It was Jehovah Shalom that met Gideon when the devil tried to take their inheritance. It was Jehovah Shalom. It was the peace of God. God's peace. I have thoughts of peace towards you. Peace. The peace of God is eternal. Okay, now we got that straight because we're talking about the eternal thoughts of God. So God has thoughts of peace, Todd, toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. So let me know when it changes, okay? It can't. (laughs) I was being facetious, sorry. So then God's eternal thought toward you is peace. So that peace is his comfort. So that peace for a daughter of God 
is to take away then what Satan tries to disrupt. He tries to disrupt and hold you captive mentally. That is why we need to cast it down. So then, here's the peace of God that's coming to you, Susie. Coming straight to your pew right now. Here comes the peace of God towards you. That peace comes from the word Aryan. E-I-R-E-N-E. Which is a verb. And that peace that God wants to give you is for you to bind yourself to. Binding or joining together where you once were separated. Come on, thoughts of God. We were separated, but God, rich in mercy, came to redeem his own to bind you back to him. So that your thoughts wouldn't be mentally plagued. That you could have the peace of God reign because you've got the God of peace. So God's peace is to join. Means to join or bind together. That which was once together. Now separated. Brought back. We came from the fountain of peace. We're going back to the fountain of peace. So then the peace of God that comes to you. His thoughts to bind you. To him, Roy. To put a son and father back together. To bind us together, Lord. Bind me to your peace. Hallelujah. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. I'm here to bind you where Satan buffeted you. Plagued your mind, Margaret. But I sent peace after you. And that peace is now to bind you. Bind you. To himself. Hallelujah. You who were once separated. Now you're bound back. To where you came from. You're bound together. You're joined together. It's a picture of binding and joining. That which was once together. Separated. Now bound back to God. He had thoughts of peace to you, James. You'd come from the thought of God. You came from peace. Satan came to destroy peace. But God now saw that thought towards you to be manifested. Now you're to take the thought of God, which is the peace of God, and bind yourself back to him. Hallelujah. Binding us together. So that's why Rahab bound the token to the window. That was what gave her peace. It wasn't the spy's words. 
or how princely they were. But it was the token they gave. That bound her face. To believe judgment's going to pass. Hallelujah. So God sent this message of shalom to you. To bind you together. Hallelujah. That you can have this peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. She bound the token to the window. And by the time she looked at the peace that was there, she could get up every morning and say, Peace of God, cover me, cover me. Cover daddy. Cover mommy. Peace of God. It's to bind you together. And so when she looked out the window, she could see the promise of the token. It bound her to an ultimate peace. And brought her to a state of reconciliation. (laughs) Hallelujah. It wasn't just something mental. It was actually something that became a reality. So that peace that she bound herself with. Gave her the state of peace. Knowing there's going to be a reconciliation. With God. She placed her faith in it. And it gave her a scriptural peace. Not a phony peace. That only CIBC gives half the people. Royal Bank. Bank of Montreal. Bank of America. uh, Fargo. (laughs) Did I hit enough of them? (laughs) Huh? And people say, I got a little bit of money in the bank, I got peace. No, 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 no. You'll find out one day when they find out and the markets are crashing and your money's worth nothing. That's not the peace that I'm talking about. I'm talking about peace of God that binds me. Hallelujah! And brings me back into reconciliation with the very one I came from. So thus, this peace is a scriptural peace. It's not peace because of a subtraction of problems in life. So we have always a meter. If we've got a little bit of problem, I've got a lot of peace. If I've got a lot of problems, I've got a little bit of peace. No, we're talking about a scriptural peace. A scriptural peace is not the subtraction of problems. It's like I look at some of these brothers that are younger than me or older than me and they have no gray hair. I got, they get, I, I tell brother Tim Prude all the time, you got no problems, obviously. (laughs) Brother Gil Ashdown, obviously, he's never had a stress point in his life. (laughs) Ten years older than I am and looks younger than me, terrible. (laughs) So it's not, The scriptural peace isn't a subtraction of problems. Okay, we got that? I have no problems, so I must have a lot of peace. No, 
You know, we're bound by the peace of God. And that peace of God is a power to meet every one of your problems. That's where your peace lies in God. You've got the peace giver. Amen. And he's greater than any problem you'll ever have. So your peace isn't because lack of problems. Your peace is because you got the power that's able to subdue every problem you've had, Sister Sheila. I've used this six months ago. I tried to look it up in my notes to see whether or not I could bring it back. So that you know, there's obviously more quotes to the message than the ones that I give you. But there's ones that mean very special things to me. And I mark them down. And here's one of them. Is this in closing. Satan. You know the scriptures on that. I have just taught the people. That God is in them. Amen. That's what we just preached this morning. Amen. Words of life. Wonderful words of life. God and man have become one. Satan. You know the scripture on that. I have taught this people. That God is in them. And if God is in them. And they speak to that disease. Sister Roxanne. We're coming after the devil in a very big way this morning. You speak to that disease. And you say. Away from me. And don't doubt in your heart. Right then. That disease has to move. Hallelujah. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. You'll not read this in the National Geographic. You will not get this on CNN. And I don't even know the acronyms now from that part. Fox, I think. MSN, MSNBC. There you go. If I keep stretching my brain, I might get another one. You won't read that kind of news or thoughts on those things. But you need to go back to this message and say, Satan! I have been taught by God's prophet. Hallelujah. Sister Rachel, we've been taught by God's prophet. Doctors are saying impossible. I don't know who got a hold of God for me this week. I do not know. Like one person said, you come walking in, you got a crutch. You go walking out, you've got a boot. You come walking in, you got nothing. Brother Michael, praise the Lord. I told Joanne it's the best week I've ever had. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. We got to apply what we hear. Satan comes and says, you got this. No, I don't. You got this. No, I don't. Satan. I've taught them. That God is in them. And if God is in them, they can speak that disease to move. Is God in you? 
is God in you? Then you tell the devil. You speak to that thing. Oh my. If I, if I took this right now, I don't know what I'd do. I'd say, Lord, if I don't have the joy of God in me, give me the joy of God. You think of diseases, I'm thinking about the victories in Jesus. Amen. Give me the power to believe your word. Bind me, Lord, to the peace giver. Hallelujah. I didn't come to church to fill a pew. I came to church to hear about my position in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I like to kick every false doctrine out of this place. People that believe that, you know, Brother Bram's coming back again and he's going to, you know, do all this special stuff. Really? I said, if he comes back again, I'm going to be like him. So, so what am I going to need? But whole doctrines and people and churches all built up on something that's made up by man. Those are not thoughts of peace. Thoughts of peace will empower you. Not a peace because you've got hardly any problems. It doesn't, you could have a rock full of problems, but you've got the greater. Greater is he in me. Amen. I wanted to give the devil a black eye this morning. Amen. Satan, you know I've taught the people. How, how many tapes have you listened to, Todd? I just want to know. You don't have to, you know, 10,000? 1,000? 5,000? A lot of them. Okay, and multiply that by what? Two or three? Okay. And, and then how many years have you been saved? Six. And you've heard 1,000 tapes maybe two or three times. It's 12,000 tapes. How long have you been saved, Tim? Eighty-three, John. And I guarantee you, these brothers listen to more than one tape a day. <laughs> okay, I do. You know what, saints? Listen, it's not to bind you up. It's that I've been taught right. You brothers want the victory without the sacrifice. You want to be like these brothers without the sacrifice. You're going to have to get down on your knees sometime. You're going to have to pray and read your Bible someday. You're going to have to listen to this message. You get in the rapture somewhere, somewhere and somehow. Amen. So God bless you, brother Todd. I, I, in fact, I, I, I took Christ the Mr. God revealed and you know that I've got it here. And I kept on saying, is it a hundred times? Is it 110 times? Is it 120 times I've listened to it? And like I've never listened to it one time. That's the scary part. Either I've got a sieve for a brain, which I would probably put it close to that, or the word of God is a continual unfolding. And I'll put more value to that. And I'm not what I was last week. Because I've read the same message on Monday, read it on Friday, and said, I didn't even read this. <laughs> Am I binding everybody up or something? 
All I know is the word of God is power. It's power, saints of God. And once you've tapped in and know who you are, these are words of life. Wonderful words of life. Thoughts of peace. Amen. You say to that spirit, that disease, move. Jesus Christ said so. So now it speaks. What speaks? It speaks. That in you speaks. It speaks. It's the Father that dwells in them. Oh, I'm trying to lift you up a little higher. Higher, higher. Higher, higher. It's the Father in you. That's speaking. They're in need. So come out of them in the name of Jesus. I say as God's servant by the message from an angel who is anointed and proved to be that Jesus is here and the message is right. Come out of them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I adjure thee to leave every sick person and go into outer darkness. Amen. Amen. That's telling them where to go. That's not to some pigs. You go to outer darkness, buddy. Go to outer darkness and the the congregation yells out, Amen. Amen. Go to outer darkness. I'm sure you heard that. How many heard that great roar go through the building then? How many heard it? Surely you won't doubt any longer. Hallelujah. Have you been taught right? Have you got ready? Have you got a minute? Can you give me one more minute? Okay. All right. Can we have that last slide up? Everybody see that? No, I don't either. You got it? When I went to school, that's pretty much what it was like then too. So they haven't changed it since we went to school. Keep on changing things on me. So there's the sun. Everybody see the sun? Everybody see Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Uranus, Saturn, Neptune. I got, I got all the way to Neptune. Neptune is 2.8 billion miles away from the sun. Is that a few miles? I'd say so. For you Canadians, it's 4.5 billion kilometers. I don't care where you put it on that dial. That's a lot of miles or kilometers. Okay? Are you ready? Are you ready? I want you to be taught right. You ready, Anthony? Your name is Mary. You say, what on earth are you going with that one, Tom? I'm looking at our solar system. And now you're talking about Mary. Mary, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. You're from a place called Rolling Hills, California. Hmm. You live at number four, Hillside Lane. You got a sister that's sick. You love her, not hate her. The woman has stomach troubles too. She's nervous and other things. 
She's got complications. You're sick. Your father's also. He's away from here. Your father is, has asthma. He has liver trouble. He's a minister. Not a plumber. Not a carpenter. Not an accountant. He's a minister. He's a Presbyterian minister. Not Anglican. Methodist. His name is Tucker. Not Smith. Not Jose. Not Ray. Tucker. He lives in another country. It's wooded. It's not desert. Not rolling hills of grass. It's all wooded. There's a big river. Not small river. Not trickling river. But a big river. By the city. And you come in on it on road 23. Not 17. Not road 1. Not 5. Come on. And you live near a graveyard. (laughs) Oh, my, my, my. There's a graveyard or something on the left-hand side, not right-hand side. And there's a big river. It's the Ohio River, not the Mississippi River. And it's in Kentucky. At Padgetcha. Did I say that right? No. What, how do you say that? P-A-D-U-C-A-H. Who? Paducah. You're from Paducah, Kentucky. Go home. In the name of Jesus Christ, you have what you ask. So it's not, it's Mary, not Betty. Not Susie. Hmm? So we got Mary. We got Rolling Hills. Not flat. California. That's one state out of how many? Uh, you live at number four, not number five. You're on Hillside Lane, not Street or Crescent. You got a sister, not a brother. You love her. You don't hate her. She's sick also. You also have a father too that's not... Well, that's 10. Your father has asthma. Not a heart situation, not kidney, not liver. That's 11. His name's Tucker. That's 12. And he lives in another country, would it? That's 13. He lives on a, on a hill, 14. He lives by a big river, 15. He lives on road 23, 16. He lives near a graveyard, 17. He lives on the left-hand side, 18. And there, and it goes the Ohio River again, and in Paducah. If I say that right, I'm saying wrong, forgive me. 19, he lives in Kentucky, 20. 20. 20. 20. One person. 20 times. Now, if for an illustration... If a person hit it 16 times, Brother Brown did 20 here, and I probably missed one or two. He said, if you guessed or predicted something of 16 times correct, this was 21 person. 
of 16 times. The odds would be 1 to 1,045. Now, I know everybody here is going, what does that mean? That's a lot. It's a lot of zeros. 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, 24, 27, 30, 33, 36, 39, 42, 45, 48 zeros. To be able to get 16 right, 1 to 48 zeros. Oh, let me make it equivalent to it being right. That would be like taking what you're seeing here this morning as a beach ball. Not flat disc, but a beach ball. So you take the sun as the middle and you start building your beach ball to how many million kilometers away? Billion. Four and a half billion. Now blindfold the man and put a silver dollar somewhere in that beach ball and say, find it on your first guess. That brings it down more. Impossible. But that was a God that stood with your prophet. Never wrong. Always right. One person. You could go all the way to Plato and put that one silver dollar, blindfold him and say, go find it. You say, impossible. That's the God we serve. Amen. Musicians, why don't you come? Peace of God. Thoughts of peace. Cover us, Lord. What did he say? Ask anything in my name believing. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be open unto you. How big is our God? How great is our God? How great is he this morning? He's got thoughts of peace and not of evil towards you to give you an expected end. That peace is to bind out which was separated and bring it back. That token is our life. I've come from God. I go back to God and I'm binding myself back together with him. Do you have a need this morning? Do you want a victory in your life this morning? Is there a high priest in this hall, in this hall this morning that said, I claim my lost son. I claim my lost daughter. I claim my nephew. I claim my mother. I claim my daddy. I claim it. Because that God that spoke with that prophet is the same God that is here this morning to meet your need and to meet my need this morning. God, go after them this morning. Hallelujah. How great is our God. How great is our God. I think we know that now by now. How great is my God. Oh, he's very great this morning. Oh, how great.
Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless your people this morning, Lord. Bless the sons and daughters of God. Bind us together. Bind us in the promise of God. Hallelujah. I say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Branham said, claim it. Then I say, claim it. He claimed the book. He gave it back to you and I. Now I say, you go claim it this morning in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, as we have gathered this morning, we've come to worship you, the true and living God. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adores him. What a mighty God we serve, Lord Jesus. Daddies have stood. Mothers have stood. Young people have stood throughout the building. We all have joined our voices together to give you praise and glory and honor. Father, as your prophet said, we've been taught right. God and man again has united. What a sign to a dying generation. So I pray God as the sons of God come to their manifestation. Daughters of God coming to their position. May Satan's kingdom Lord. Suffer a great defeat this morning. May the sons of God rejoice and the daughters of God rejoice. You're the same God, the same Holy Spirit, the same God that said peace to a troubled storm. Hallelujah. It wasn't because of circumstance, it was because there was power in the vessel. God, give your children power and peace this morning. Let them go in faith believing. What they heard is nothing but the truth. And Father, that they could walk in the bloody footprints of Jesus Christ. Say, this is indeed a harder way, but it's my way. It's the correct way. Pray there be victory in the camp. As we pray for one another. Heal Brother Milko quickly, Lord. Touch the Serena Wick quickly, oh God. Move on, Brother Ron's behalf in a mighty way. We've been taught correctly. We stand on thus saith the word. Satan, you must leave them. Doesn't matter who is in the assembly this morning or who's on the internet. Our God is a mighty God. Your wonders to perform. Do a great work within all of our hearts, we pray. Go with your people, Lord, as we separate now and come back at five. Brother John Andes will be ministering. I pray that you will anoint him, Lord. Use him, Lord, in a very special way. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.